Mike. Hey, Brother Daniel, how y'all doing? Well, this, this teaching is going to be a little bit different tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Turn me up a little bit. Praise the Lord. 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 Bring me up a little bit. Praise God. Praise the Lord. That's better. Thank you. All right, y'all, come on, be seated. We are the family of God. This is your family. This is your home. This is your house. <laughs> God bless you. Love you, son. Give me some instrumentals. Um, let me, uh, praise God. <laughs> All right. We are right here. This is the secret place right here. <laughs> place you don't want to leave right here. Right here. Yes, sir. Right here. Well, I was in worship this morning and meditating on sonship. You know, I like to be prepared. I don't like, I'm like Brendan. I like to be prepared before I teach. Even if he doesn't use it, it makes me feel better. But I'm prepared. So, um, but anyway, he said, uh, Mamie had texted me a text. Where's Mamie? While I was in worship, and I just cried like a baby. The power, the presence of God, because this is what it's all about. It is hot. This is what it's all about. But I told Zinni I might be a little late tonight. Because after I read her text, the father said, I want to be a father tonight and love on the children. So we're going to stop right at seven if I don't get finished this lesson before then. And he gave me some a, a short playlist, but they're old songs that I used back at Park South office building when I used to worship over there. It's the same songs I birthed the ministry with. And the first one I always played, always ushered in his presence, it's called Visit Us. Remember that? Man, we used to play those few songs on that little Bose thing on the conference table and just a few of us, and man, that presence would come in there. So the Father wants to visit us and embrace the children. So I'm going to read this text. So it can get in the atmosphere. And um, 
you don't mind, where's Mamie? You don't mind. So you can always tell me no. Mamie could Mamie Mamie could write books. She's gonna be writing a lot of books. It's gonna be called Kingdom Publishing. It says, Good morning, I love you so much, and I'm so blessed to have you in my life. Everything that has been reconciled in my life, like my marriage, my past relationships, and the church, couldn't have happened if God had not strategically placed me somewhere where his unconditional love was, constantly being displayed. I thank God for everything he, his hand has touched. He uses you in the most unique ways. Thank you for allowing him to use you to be a father to me. And man, that's when the Holy Spirit hit me. And God came into that war room, and I'm just weeping like a baby. I feel him in your hugs. Now, there's a pure hug, and there's an unpure hug. And you know the difference. My mind is changing. Boy, what a testimony that is. If you haven't got a changed mind in this place in the last year, then you're in the wrong house. There's another house for you. Because that's always the sign that you're, this is your home. If one thing gets changed, this is where you're to be. My mind is changing. Come on up. Tara, come on up, sit up here. Come on up. My mind is changing. I no longer see myself as fatherless. Man, that's powerful. You can't survive that way, being fatherless. You can survive not having a natural father, but you cannot survive without being in touch with your spiritual father. You just can't survive in life. Because the definition of father means life giver. That's what father means. Life giver. My mind is changing. I no longer see myself as fatherless. I love you, Gene, and I appreciate you more than I can express. Have a blessed day. God is going to use you in the same Father's love and anointing to set someone free of bondage. Today, they will be free. So God was speaking through her what he wants to do tonight. We can't stay in a routine. Or we open up a religious spirit right in this place. This is a house where a father dwells, where a son dwells, where the Holy Spirit dwells. And they're always moving and changing. It should be entertaining as well as, what do you call it, ministry. Because we need both. I like being entertained by God. I like being hanging out with Jesus and being entertained by him. So we need both. This is our home. Someone's going to be free. They, they will finally sense true freedom for the first time because of your obedience. God will have his way. And I said, yes, yeah, someone will be delivered tonight in sonship. <laughs> I, I do short little things. Because... <laughs> 
If I do little short texts, there's nothing for you to reason. Because it's pretty clear. It's hard to reason one sentence. Or two sentences, so it's short. She said, yep. And it's me. <laughs> she already... Laughing out loud, I'm asking God to break me and deliver me from, from something every day. And I want to rid everything that is not him and would accelerate after ordination. She said, you sent this message to Carl back, I don't remember this message, back in January 2015, almost two years ago, to share with me. Sent it through Carl. This word gave... This word God gave you for me has become tangible and made itself real in my heart by his hand. Love really does, I love this, love really does have everything under control, under heaven. Now you think about that. If you're loving unconditionally, there should be zero worry because everything is under control of heaven. I said, wow, that was God. Let me read what, it, what we sent him. It was powerful. What God sent him. Please tell Mamie that God's love for her is the only thing that matters. That love conquers everything that's not love. Remember, Daddy God made you beautiful inside and out. And the devil can't change that. Man, that's powerful. Even though we think he can, but he can't. So let your beauty shine, for it, is, for it gives Father God glory Love you. Love has everything under the control of heaven where all good things come from. Think on these things and it will replace the old thing. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know. It hit me this morning. I felt God's love. So you never know how God's love is going to come. I'm always ready, though. Aren't you? I'm always ready for his love to refresh me, to break me, to waste me. I'm always ready for that love. So I'm going to teach a little while. I'm on page 71, praying to the Father as his children. And whatever you ask in my name, and that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I think that's very interesting that, that we receive only for God to be glorified in us. Remember that in, in uh, uh, John? Let me give you a couple of scriptures to put up. Let's look at um, John 16, 23, and 24, I believe it is. John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. 
He's the giver. See, I had to shift long years ago, not too many years ago, to get my focus a little bit off of Jesus and get it on the Father. Because Jesus didn't come for us to be focused on Him. Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father. That's why He says here, in that day, that, that was the day He left, you will ask me nothing. So we ask Jesus things and things don't come. But if you ask in my name to the Father, I see a bunch of minds going like this. No prayer should be prayed except that you say in Jesus' name. And I actually end them in Jesus' name. So I kind of sandwich the whole thing. Don't give no room for the devil. Because if it's even if it's a, a prayer that God may not honor completely, because sometimes we get selfish, I'm going to put in Jesus' name at the end. So that he can clean it up before it hits the Father's ears. Amen. So in Jesus' name. Let's go to the next one. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. Man, there's a bunch of joyless Christians around. And they're in the church. Because they're not receiving. This, this, this teaching tonight is going to be so powerful because we're going to see in this teaching, if I get through it all, how you can receive from the Father. Jesus is the administrator of heaven. The Father is the giver of heaven. The Holy Spirit is the executor of heaven. So we got to get our focus right. We need to be so focused on the Father because it was His love that sent the Son to die for you. Amen. But we can get so focused on the Holy Spirit and so focused on Jesus and the Father saying, Hey, what about me? I sent my Son so you can look at me. When you're in an apostolic ministry, you're going to be focused a lot on the Father. A church-type setting, a church-age setting, is going to be focused on Jesus because He's a Savior. He's a Savior. Amen. He's your Lord. But He's not Lord over us until we get things right. Until the Word of God begins to occupy our mind. Then everything starts shifting and everything's starting to get in order of an alignment that we can get straight to Daddy through our words. And our words are in order with heaven. God hears us just like that. There's another scripture I couldn't find. It says, God hears worshipers and those who obey him. So you can be a worshiper and not obeying. And he not hear. What has God asked you to do? What has he asked you to do? Hopefully in this fast, what you're asking him You'll get your answers, but some of you may not get an answer like you want it. 
but it's going to be contrary to what you were thinking. But it's the way to go. So don't get discouraged if that prayer request is answered differently than what you expected. But all right, let's look at this. Let's go to um, uh, John fifteen sixteen. Until now, you asked him, okay, receive that your joy may be full. Fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain. Here's the key to answer prayer. That whatever I ask you in your name, that you would give to me. So what's the key? That your fruit remains. Don't grab a hold of no, grab a hold of no bad fruit when the doorway of change comes into your life. When a trial comes, you can't be nourished off of bad fruit. The Holy Spirit fruit is already in you. But it takes transformation and the renewing of the mind to bear that fruit that's in you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is all in our spirit. But until we bear, I mean, transform this mind and renew it, we can't be a bearer of that fruit and it remains. Don't you have some sometimes you get some fruit out? I have some sometime fruit. And it's good fruit. But sometimes there's some bad fruit. I want all the fruit to remain. Where it's always good fruit. It's always good fruit. Let's go to the next one. Is that it? No, that's it. Okay. Let's go to um, John 15. Actually, John 14. 13 and 14. John 14, 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So whatever you ask in his name, he's going to do. But only, you see the key here? You see the nugget in this verse? Only if what you're asking is going to glorify the Father. Only if what you're asking is going to glorify the Father. To make sure that when we ask Him, that we know it's going to glorify Him. And I always say, whatever, what would glorify God in my life is something I couldn't have done on my own. We're, we're so low, small-minded in our asking God for things. Pay my light bill. Help me with my light bill. Man, that's been done. He wants you to ask him things concerning the kingdom. That's why he said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all things will be added to you. All of us make mistakes. There's not one human being that hasn't made mistakes. And we get so focused on the lack that the mistake caused that we want to pray to God to 
redeem that lack because of my mistake. And it takes forever for some of those prayers to get answered. Because it's really not glorifying Him. The only prayers that's glorifying Him is where Jesus can be manifested. And that's advancing the kingdom. Signs, wonders, and miracles. If you redirected your prayers from God heal me to God bring signs, wonders, and miracles through me, I'll guarantee you your healing will be instant as soon as you get in that position to bring forth signs, wonders, and miracles. Same with lack. Same with anything else. Same with miracles. Until you put yourself in a position that Jesus did, selfless, selfless. Every morning I get up out of the and get out of that war room. I say, Lord, I am your ambassador today. Use me to advance your kingdom. And you don't have to preach all day. One word could advance his kingdom. One word can change a person's life. And that's advancing the kingdom. When you see changed lives, you know the kingdom of God is in operation. That the Father may be glorified. Now let's look at one more. John 15, 7 and 8. Now if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and be done for you. Now everything in God is now. We shouldn't have to wait on anything according to this prayer. So what is this prayer telling us if we are waiting, still waiting on a prayer to get answered? What is this scripture telling us that we could be doing wrong? We're living in Him. We're already born again, so we're alive in Him. But the second part is where we're missing it. My words have to live in you. So you abide in him. And his words abide in you. Now you can ask anything you want. Why? Because you're not going to ask anything that's contrary to the word. Because it's the only thing in your character now. It's the only thing in your mind now. Is the word. Nothing's going to come out that's contrary to the word. And you'll see how quickly prayers can get answered. Quickly. It shall be done for you. Let's look at one more verse. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that so you will be my disciples. So he's saying in this verse right here that he's glorified in what? You're receiving the answer to your prayer. Every time you have an answered prayer, God is glorified. Every time an answered prayer is glorified, I mean, every time uh, you get an answered prayer, God is glorified because you cannot bear much fruit unless He's glorified. You can bear some fruit, but you'll never bear much fruit unless He's glorified. And He's not glorified. Until everything you've asked for has come to pass. 
So what are we doing wrong? Remember the first verse? We're not asking Jesus for nothing. (laughs) Because he's done enough. He made the way to the one who answers the prayer. So every prayer has to be in the name of Jesus. In the beginning, and I would just finish it off in the name of Jesus. And concentrate on getting the word of God in your mind that would redeem the thing that you're asking God for. Did you get that? Whatever you're asking God for, find the word that will make that prayer whole and start meditating on that word. Because only in meditation will there be a manifestation. Amen. And it goes on to say, if you're bearing much fruit, now you're my disciple. This is sonship. This is making disciples so that we can do just this. Bear much fruit. All your prayers are answered. The reason God doesn't answer prayers is because something is out of alignment or something is done out of ignorance. It's one of the two. It's got to be in alignment with God. How do you get in alignment with God? You've got to come in Jesus' name. Say, Father, I ask you in Jesus' name. All right, so in most churches throughout the world, prayer has been an unpopular movement, which usually begins with a small group. Man, I used to hate those small group prayer meetings. Those things would wear you out. Y'all remember those? (laughs) So what do you think was lacking? I would dread when the pastor said, Gene, I need you, you're an elder of the church, you need to go to this prayer meeting. So I'd go to these little prayer meetings. Man, I felt worse when I left. What was the missing link? Why was it so dry? Why was it so unrevelatory? Because they didn't start off with worship. Prayer, effective prayer, is birthed out of worship. Is birthed out of worship. That's when people ask me to to uh, pray for them and deliver them. And I say, I'll get back to you. I don't jump. Some people would start praying right then. But I want God's presence in my prayer. I said, let me get in worship for a few days. I'll get back to you. Because everybody, everybody needs ministry in a different way. Ministry for Mamie may not work for Daniel. Amen? It's, t- it's tailored to your individuality. And only God knows that makeup. So before you pray for anybody, say, hey, let me get back to you. Let me go into worship. Let me get this thing tailored just for you. Tailored just for you. So in Luke, if we carefully analyze Jesus' life, we find him praying eight different times. Why did he pray? Why did, what did he pray about? How did he pray? What was the result of his prayers? 
Jesus lived like any of us, except that he had not, did not have a fallen nature. He lived in total obedience to the Father, which is where his power and authority come from. So we got to recognize in this little short paragraph that if you have power and authority in your prayer life, man, things are going to get answered quickly. Quickly. And the reason it's getting answered quickly is because you're in obedience. You cannot be in disobedience with your husband or wife and think you're in obedience to God. Because God's going to look at that marriage first before he answers that prayer. I guarantee you. He's going to look at that marriage first. He said, you get your house in order and I'll answer your prayer. Amen. And for the singles, Jesus is your wife. He's your husband. He's everything. Until he, until something just gets your heart alive. Wow. What Adam say? Woman. Wow, woman. You may even be speechless when she shows up. <laughs> wow, man. Wow, man. Sounds like a Jamaican. Wow, man. <laughs> well, here's Jesus, totally obedient to the Father, but yet he's praying. He's praying. The key to Jesus' successful ministry was his prayer life. He learned to pray, and I love this, as a son. Man, you need to put that in big letters on your notes. I'm praying as a son, not as a whining baby. <laughs> as a son, what rights does a son have that makes a son so boldly coming to the throne of grace? <laughs> Everything that's in heaven is yours. When Jesus died, everything that's in heaven, God the Father says, the gold and silver is mine. It's amazing how man thinks it's his. But if you got any gold and silver, it's just on loan to you. And God is saying, let's see if you can steward this according to the way my spirit leads you. Manage this. Everything you need is going to come to you in your prayer life through a sonship prayer. Knowing that it's already yours. All the money you need is already yours. The house that you need is already yours. If there is any need at all, it's already yours. But we're coming as whining babies, crying, weeping, false humility making myself shed tears so that it looks like I'm coming to the throne of God. He didn't say, God never said, don't come to my throne crying. How did he say? Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. That means throw the door open and say, here I am and this is what I need. And I'm living for you. I'm a, I've got an obedient life. I'm fasting. 
He does respect that. He already knows what you're doing, but he respects that you know what you're doing. Amen. God has a lot of respect that you know what you're doing. A lot, a lot of people don't know half what they're doing. They're just doing it because somebody else is doing it. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you got to know. So he learned to pray as a son and developed a powerful and personal relationship with the Father. When Jesus taught on the subject of prayer in the book of Matthew, he teaches how not to pray. I love this. How not to pray. So there's three things we cannot do when we're praying. Number one, don't pray like the hypocrites. When you pray, you shall not be like a hypocrite. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward already. So in the Greek, the word hypocrite, I thought this was interesting, does not have the same negative connotation as in the English. In Bible times, a hypocrite was a stage player. Something always bothered me about actors anyway. You know what I mean? I mean, it. God helped the person to make sure they're prayed up before they marry an actor. So they see what's behind the facade. What mask are they using today? What character are they using today? <laughs> Who's that one uh, comedian that's got so many personalities? No, another one? Jim Carrey. Man, he can switch just like that. I said, man, that guy's got all kinds of demons going on. Now. <laughs> when Jesus taught him, the, okay, let's go on. One who acted the part with his face hidden behind a mask, when he exited the stage, the mask was removed for all to see who he really was. Man, we got to watch that when we get up here and preach about Jesus and teach about Jesus, that we are up here with transparency. That we're up here just like you and me. Because the one up here is no different than the one sitting in that chair. No different. The only difference is he's got enough faith to get up here. You know, and, and trust God to speak through him to help somebody. And when I was at uh, the Pentecostal church, man, I'd hear people complaining about the preacher's message. And I looked at one of them, I said, have you ever been up there to do that? No. I said, I think I'll be quiet. And I was just a baby Christian, but I knew something was wrong. Because that man was up there in faith. And these complaining people were complaining about his message. I said, have you been up there? Did I miss your preaching? <laughs> Nobody liked me at that church. I was challenging minds back then and didn't even know it. <laughs> Most believers attend church, sing, declare the victory. But when they walk out, the believer's mask is removed and they continue to live in defeat the rest of the week. Man, oh man, how many ministers we got like that in the church? Preaching every Sunday. But on Monday, they're looking at their lack. I always said in this ministry, you don't preach unless you have a good revelation 
of something God's given you and a testimony. If you don't have a revelation and a testimony, it's vain babbling. It's vain babbling. And the sad thing is, those words are getting recorded. We, I tell you, we need to take things serious with our words. I'm watching my words more and more. Solomon said it was he was a wise man that stayed silent. I understand why. Because every word's getting it recorded. As soon as you meet Jesus, those books are open. I don't want to give an account for words of 80 years of life before I can have any fun in heaven. Amen? Because he said you're going to give an account for every word, not just sentences, word. Every word. So make sure your words line up with the word. Amen? That's what part of the renewing of the mind is. No minister should be preaching or teaching unless this mind is renewed. Or you're standing in a, 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 a fearful place. A fearful place. God's presence. Jesus said we would not pray, we should not pray as hypocrites. <clears throat> as those who enter God's presence with a declaration of victory, but walk away with their minds set on defeat. Ouch. How can you preach victory and walk away and have your mind set on your defeat, on your problem, on your lack? It's true, all of us do it. We, we're preaching a kingdom of victory. And as soon as we get finished preaching, we start thinking on our lack. What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for this? I love Sister Murray when I prayed to that old widow for two years. We prayed for two years, twice a week, three to four hours each night. And she was 70-something years old. It was just she and I. And we'd pull up chairs together, and my knees would hit her knees because we'd be praying for so long. And we're looking at each other holding hands for two to three hours. Praying in tongues. And man, the glory would come. And those were the prayers that was birthing this ministry. And I didn't even know it. I was trying to get my prayer answered for my wife. <laughs> and the one that was hanging around me wasn't even her. <laughs> Amen. It's amazing. <laughs> 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 That's right. <clears throat> we try to force God's hand with some of these mates, future mates. And the Holy Spirit would just put more anointing on me. And I said, praise God, this is going to happen. <laughs> but the more anointing that came, the more death that came <laughs> to, to that relationship. <laughs> Nothing was working. My Lord. But I remember Sister Murray. She had a vision when I was praying with her one time. She saw old Brother Jean. She was weeping. She was so beautiful. She was the most beautiful black lady I've ever seen. Not one wrinkle in her face. She was 70-something years old, 78. Oh, Brother Jean, I see your wife. What's she look like? <laughs> Oh, 
And she knew this other one, but she was in the spirit, so she didn't care what was being said. She said, I see her coming down a set of stairs and a long coat and long brown hair, and she's so beautiful. And y'all were, y'all were going to a, a uh, y'all were going to preach somewhere. She said we were both coming down a set of stairs. It's amazing when you're in the spirit; it's hard to get depressed. Because I would have got depressed. Because I've been praying a year now about this thing, twice a week, three to four hours a night. <laughs> and after a year, God finally answers her and says, "This is what she looks like." What did I do? I just started praying in tongues. Amen? Sometimes what we're asking for, God's not going to deliver it. But he'll cause you to pray for it more. (laughs) And you're thinking this thing's going to come to pass, and the whole time it's passing away. Ouch. Ouch. Not my will, but your will be done. It is easy to learn the language of the kingdom. I'm on page 72. Even when one is not a citizen. Isn't that amazing? However, we have to be realistic and accept the things that are wrong in order to change them and continue our journey without hypocrisy. Number two, things we're not supposed to do. Never pray to seek praise. Matthew 6, 5, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward already. So some people try to impress through their prayers. Others by boasting about how many hours they pray. There's a boasting in that. There's a difference between boasting and testimony. And God leads me to tell somebody how many hours I spend with him. It's a testimony. Because it wasn't like that before. I could barely get 15 minutes without getting antsy and irritated and almost miserable. Fifteen minutes with God. One thing about God, that if you draw near to Him, He's always going to draw near to you. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what is going on in your life. You could have messed up that whole day. But He said, if you'll just draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And man, when he draws near to you, things change. The first thing he does, he removes condemnation. Because I've messed up a lot in these 20-something years. I mean, I've messed up a lot. But I've learned to stay yielded so that guilt and condemnation doesn't get rooted in me. Just as soon as you mess up. I got tired of messing up. I said, Lord, maybe I'm not for your kingdom. I told him that. I said, hey, you picked the wrong one. I mean, Satan was pretty good, pretty happy with me when I was over there in his kingdom because he used me a lot. Amen. 
He used me a lot. And I remember him say, just as clear as a bell, he said, Gina, if you didn't think you, you were, you were going to fail, you should have never signed up with me. Because that's what keeps me God in your life. Man, that'll, that'll help somebody about failing. Because you're going to fail. But you don't have to stay there. Just turn to God. Draw near to Him. Sow to the Spirit. Reap life and peace. Amen? All right, we've got five minutes. Number three, do not pray using vain repetitions. Man, how easy is that to do? Praying the same thing over and over again. Every prayer has got to be born out of the Holy Spirit. Or God doesn't hear it. There's two things that God hears from a person. A prayer that's born out of the Spirit and a cry. His ears are always open to your cry. And this is not a weepy cry. This is a wailing cry. I need you. His ears are always open to the cry. His ears are always open to the prayer that is spirit-led. It's spirit-led. How do you get a spirit-led prayer? One for, for sure thing, if God wants you to pray something to Him, you're going to go into worship first. But if He doesn't give you anything to pray, then what you wanted to pray was going to be in vain. I've done that so many times. I had my agenda. Then I got into worship. And the Holy Spirit didn't pick up none of that stuff. <laughs> he just didn't pick it up. <laughs> hey, here's my list, Lord. Holy Spirit knows what's on the heart of God. God knows what you need for your heart to be changed. He needs changed hearts instead of changed relationships. Some people we don't want in our life will change this relationship, Lord. He's going to change your heart first. And the very person that you wanted away from you is probably the one you're going to love now. Amen. Amen. Where's my music? Revelation just stopped right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it has been off. What happened? He's back there worshiping. He done left me. Does everybody in here know how much God loves you? Because he's going to come right now. We get our focus on him now. There's about 30 minutes to song. And I want you to worship focused on Father, the light, the glorious light. And then whatever He wants me to do, I'm going to do it. I'll be led by the Spirit to do it, whatever He wants me to do. But he, He's going to speak to you individually. Because some of us still have things that we're dealing with. Amen? Because all of us are dealing with something differently at different times. And sometimes God does not always want you to talk to another person about what you're dealing with. 
Jesus made a way for you to go to God. He removed the separation, the veil. And God's just standing here waiting on us to come. And worship gives us an accelerated access to him. I mean, quickly. Can't you get there quickly from the first time you sit in this ministry? You get in his presence quickly. And man, everything seems to go away that you wanted to ask him because his presence was all you needed. Amen. When his presence satisfies you, that's all you need. Amen. So let's kind of slide the chairs back and come on up here and we're going to worship 30 minutes and just let daddy said he wanted to come in. So he's going to come in and he's going to touch some of us with his love as a father. Those who didn't have fathers or mothers, God is all of that. He's a father and a mother. And there's a special touch or a special word that you need from Father, and He wants to do that during our worship. You can talk to Him, telling what you need.